Good morning. My name is Maureen Brown, and it is my pleasure to be with you here this morning. I serve on staff here at Forest Grove in Children's Ministries, and I am so excited to be with you here today. And as Kevin mentioned, we have been in a series called um, Big Questions. Big Questions. And you might have noticed, if if you're part of our city, you'll notice over this past fall, all through the city has been these pictures and this question mark. And it's actually a nationwide and it's actually a worldwide focus this fall. So um, people have sent us pictures from other countries, some here that have visited other countries that saw the same posters, the same focus. So it's really exciting. We've asked all kinds of questions. It started with the question, is there more to life than this? What a good question. And then it went on to who is Jesus? How and why do we study the Bible? Who is the Holy Spirit? How do we pray? There was a lot of questions. And, and last week, the question that Pastor Bruce led us through was how can I make the most of the rest of my life? Isn't that a huge question? You know, if you missed that and you would like to hear more of these messages, check the website. You can go there. You can catch up to where we are. We've got another week in this focus. But today, the question that we're going to talk about is how, why and how should I tell others? Why and how should I tell others? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord, and I thank you um, for this place that we can gather freely. I thank you for the freedom to worship you. And Lord, we ask now that you would speak. Lord, open our hearts and minds to what you want to say to us this morning. And Lord, the things that are of me, may they fall away, and the things that are of you, may they be the things that stick and stay. I ask these things in your name, Lord. Amen. So, you know, when it comes to telling others, someone might say, well, faith, that's kind of a private matter. It, it's personal. It's personal. It's a private thing. And, you know, I always or often hear people say, and maybe you have too, someone said, and it's almost with pride, they tell you about, well, I have these friends, and they are Christians, but they never talk about it. They're awesome. They never talk about it. And it's kind of a prideful thing, and, and they just live it. You know, that there's something good to be said about living it, but I, I have to ask that question. How, how did they find out? How did they find out? Who told them? Someone must have told them about Jesus. How did they find out? So this thing about this private matter, even though it's personal, but having it be private, it doesn't sit right with me. And I hope it doesn't sit right with you. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. When we have something that's our best thing and, and it's just so incredible for us, isn't it kind of selfish of us not to share? You know, when we talk about um, our, our, our favorite restaurant, we tell people about that. When, we, when we've seen a really great movie, we tell people about that. We even share recipes because we think that's really great when something turns out. We want to give our best. Always give our best. I'm so happy this morning because I have some of my extended family visiting here, and they're down in the front, and my mom is here. I have my mom and my stepdad, and this weekend we're celebrating my parents' 85th birthday. Mom, put your hand up so they can see you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited to do that, but I'm also um, 
I learned a lot of things from my mom. And one of the things I learned from my mom, we grew up in a, a rural community where、uh, the people donated food to the rink and to the hall and to the school, and that's how you made money, and that's how you paid for things in your community. Yes,、yeah, some of you can remember that, right? And so one of the things that my mom was amazing at making is called a flapper pie. Does anyone ever know what a flapper pie is? Some of you know. Okay, some of you don't know. It's amazing. I'm not even sure if it's pie because it's really just creme brulee and a crust and no fruit or anything. It's just amazing. And my mom is great at making them. And so we, she would make pies for the rink, and she would have, she would often make something for us at home too. And I remember as a little girl asking my mom as we looked at all the pies, "Mom, which ones are we taking to the rink?" And my mom would say, "Well, which ones look the best to you?" And I would say, "Well, that one looks good. That one looks good. That one looks good." And she said, "Well, then those are the ones we're going to take." We always want to give our best, right? We don't keep that for ourselves. We give our best. When we've traveled somewhere amazing, we tell people, "This is a great place to go. You really have to visit it." When there's a sale downtown, we tell people. So, if you are a believer today. Why is it that there is this wrestling, or this struggle, or angst when it comes to telling someone about our faith? We have this news, this good news, and we live in a world where news travels fast. In a world, actually, where news goes viral. Viral. Okay, I want to try something. Everyone, put your thinking caps on. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do an action. And then I'm going to、um, say two words with an accent that I'm not very good at. So hope, hopefully you can catch on. I'm going to do two things, and then I want you to think: Do I know what she's talking about? Have I heard this before? So here's the action. Here's the words. Ouch, Charlie!、Ah. Do you know what I'm talking about? What am I talking about? Charlie bit my finger. Yes, up here. Charlie bit my finger. Do you know what? Charlie bit my finger. It's a video. If you haven't seen it, watch it. This video. This video. It's a man in England. His name was Howard, and he had these two sons. And this, he took this video. It's a 56-second clip, and he had family in the United States, and he wanted to share it with them. So he uploaded it onto YouTube. When he uploaded it, something that was just for a Private thing for just his family and friends became a worldwide phenomena. Five hundred million views within the matter of time that made it a phenomena. So why is that? How is it possible that a little video, video Charlie bit my finger, <laughs> could go viral from a small group to millions and millions and millions? News travels fast. Even when news isn't true, I want to tell you a little story that happened in our family. So it's way back when our kids were young, and Chanel was just、um, a, a baby, and Regan was a toddler, and Lance was a little older. We lived in Foam Lake, and we lived in the country, and it was getting close to the evening meal time. And for those of you with kids, those are like some really Special hours, aren't they? It's coming before supper, and kids are hungry, and and things—it's when things can go really bad, and you just—it needs to be bedtime soon. But 
they were um, doing their thing, and all of a sudden, Regan came around the corner in the kitchen, and he was crying. And he was crying so much that he was at that place where you're like, ah, ah, and you, there's no noise. You know the cry that builds, it builds, it builds, and there's no noise. And then he had done it before, so I thought it might happen again. All of a sudden, clunk, he passes out. Now, I learned, because he'd done it a couple times, when kids pass out, they start to breathe again. So he passed out, he started to breathe again. I was happy, but I was kind of getting like, oh, this is, a, this is a busy time. So I phoned Elmer in the shop, and I said, Elmer, you know what, could you come in? Like, Regan just passed out, and I'm, I might have had a few tears, I'm not sure. But, I, you know, you'd have to ask him. But anyway, he, he came, he said, yeah, I'll come. He's, he's with his, the shop with his dad. So he says to his dad, he said, I've got to go to the house. Maureen's stuff's going on. Regan's passed out. And so he comes to the house. Now, when he gets to the house, he says to me, oh, Maureen, this is a busy day. Why don't you just stop what you're cooking? Let's go out for supper. And I was so happy to do that. So we pack up the kids and we go to Foam Lake, our town, for supper. Meanwhile, Elmer's dad is leaving the yard. He sees we're not at the house and that we've left. And he knows Regan's passed out. So, of course, what do you think? They've taken him to the hospital. So we go into town. We're at, it's called Captain's Grill on Main Street. We're having chicken fingers. It was a wonderful meal. But Elmer's dad goes home, and he says to my mother-in-law, Regan's passed out. Elmer and Maureen took him to the hospital. Now, also, by this time, they've checked the hospital, but we're not there at Foam Lake. And so... They assume, which only makes sense, it must be really serious. They've gone to Yorkton. That's a bigger hospital. So there was something in our town that night called World Day of Prayer. You know, we don't do it anymore, but World Day of Prayer is where people gather from all churches in the community, and you pray about a cause in the world. So World Day of Prayer was that night. My mother-in-law was the reader for our church at World Day of Prayer. But she can't go because Regan's in the hospital. So she phones someone else from our church and says, can you read for me? Elmer and Maureen have taken Regan. I don't know what's up, but can you read for me? So that lady says, yes, I can read for you. She goes to World Day of Prayer. She's tested the World Day of Prayer things. They say, where's Liz? She can't be here because Elmer and Maureen have taken Regan to the hospital. He passed out. (laughs) So I believe they prayed for us at World Day of Prayer. Well, we're down on Main Street having chicken fingers. <laughs> After that was over, we stop at the rink because there's a curling bond spiel and Elmer goes in and he sees my friend. Now, my friend's mom was at World Day of Prayer and when we've got news, we let people know. So my friend's mom had called my friend and said, oh, Elmer and Maureen are gone. Regan's passed out. They're in the So this friend says to Elmer, what are you doing here? That was the first time we found out news travels fast even when it's not true. So we want to look this morning at what does Jesus say about the best news we could ever possibly have and why and how we should tell others. First, we're going to do the why. In Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Did you hear that? All the law and the prophets hang. And then Matthew 28, 19 to 20. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So why do we tell others? Because of these two things to start, the great commandment that we are to love others. We are to love, and out of a a love for people, we tell them. The second one is the great commission that says go. Go appears in this context in the Bible 1,514 times in the context of go and tell. Go and tell them about Jesus. It was the very last instruction that Jesus gave to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. It was important. So we're supposed to love and we're supposed to go. Nikki Gumbel from Alpha talks about two dangers that we have and that we can face when it comes to sharing our faith. And I think he's right on in these two dangers, and these two dangers are insensitivity and fear. You know, and history would tell us that we have made mistakes as believers. We have been insensitive. And maybe even in your own life, you can think of times where you were insensitive when you shared And then that leads to fear, right? Because when something doesn't go right, then we think, oh, no, I can't say it. And and fear then freezes us, and we don't share anymore. And you know what? The enemy loves that. So those two dangers, insensitivity and fear. But another reason why we have to actually tell is from Matthew 5, 13 to 14. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if if salt loses its saltiness, How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Those are powerful metaphors. Salt and light. And you know what? They aren't optional. He doesn't say, oh, when you come to know me, then if you do this and do this, you know, I'm going to say, maybe you can try out being salt. Maybe you... No, it says, if you know Jesus, you are the salt, and you are the light. So let's talk about salt for a minute. What does salt do? And we can think of things, and you've probably heard some of these before. It adds flavor. It it brings out flavor. It adds flavor. You know what? I remember when I was first learning how to bake cookies and thinking, what? You put salt into cookies? Does that mean... Mom would say, it's because it brings out the goodness. That little bit of salt actually brings out the sweetness. It brings out the goodness. So for that kind of salt that adds flavor and brings out the goodness, it is also a preservative, right? When we want to preserve something, we preserve it in salt. It needs to penetrate. Sometimes we rub salt into things because it needs to penetrate. It really needs to be in there. You know, the first disciples, they would be intimately acquainted with salt, Because if they fished and they left their fish, they would just rot. But if they packed them and purified them with salt, they would last. So they would know this salt. Now, the other thing I was thinking about, one of the things I love to do in the summer, and especially over a fire, is have a a wiener roast, a hot dog. You know what? When you have a hot dog, about an hour after having a hot dog, you just are really thirsty. Do you have that too? You're really thirsty because there's been quite a bit of salt in the hot dog. So we, we're thirsty. So I'm thinking we need to be salt that also causes people to thirst from our salt that gives enough that people are thirsty that they want to come back 
for more. So how do we apply this to life when we think of salt? Well, you know what? We have to be involved. We have to be involved in society and wherever possible. We have to address issues before rotting takes place. Before moral corruption takes place. Whenever possible, preserve God's goodness. Bring out the best. Supporting and promoting good things, organizations, ministries that are good things that want to do the Lord's work. There's a warning in the second half of Matthew. It is like really scary. Because it says this, if a salt loses its taste, it's no longer good for anything. So what would it mean to lose our saltiness? To lose our saltiness. You know, if we allow apathy, indifference, if we just say, oh yeah, it's happening, it doesn't really, it's not affecting me, it doesn't really make a difference for me. If we allow that or disobedience, direct disobedience to what God has in his word, or carelessness. If those are the things that start to rule our lives, we have become contaminated salt. And we're not good for anything. We have to be trampled. That's a warning. Now we go on to the light part. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will be the light of life. He's the light of the world. We are light because we have him in us. It's, it's something that illuminates. Divinely illuminates. Not just us saying, hey, I don't, you know, I don't know if you know, but there's stuff going on here that's wrong. Not us, but something that divinely illuminates. The light is so strong, it brings things to life. It drives out darkness. But in this, we have to remember that our focus must always be on the light. On his light in us. Humbly trusting Jesus to reveal his light through us and in us. And realizing and remembering that our influence and our visibility are the result of who lives in us, not who we are. Our focus is on following Jesus wherever he leads and whatever he calls us to do. Trying to make a difference for him. Many of you have probably heard this next story but I think it's worthy of saying again today. And so I'm going to read it to you. It's a story about, it's called the starfish story. And it says, one day a man was walking along the beach when he noticed a boy picking up and gently throwing things into the ocean. Approaching the boy, he asked, young man, what are you doing? The boy replied, I'm throwing starfish back into the ocean. The surf is up and the tide is going out. And if I don't throw them back, they'll die. The man laughed to himself and said, Do you realize there are miles and miles of beach and hundreds of starfish? You can't make any difference. After listening politely, the boy bent down, picked up another starfish, and threw it into the surf. Then smiling at the man, he said, I made a difference for that one. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed by there's so much. What can we possibly do? But if we think of it this way, do for one what we would like to do for many, we can make a difference. Make a difference for him. So 
why should we tell others? Why can't we keep it a private, private matter? Because the great commandment says love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but love your neighbor as yourself. And if you love, you want to tell. And the great commission says go. It's not an option. And the Sermon on the Mount says you are salt and light. So if you know Jesus this morning, you're salt and light, and those are the things that he says to you. And so now we've, we've kind of talked a little bit about the why, but what about the how? This is where those um, things that Nikki Gumbel talks about, insensitivity and fear, can really come in. What about the how? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So gentleness, when we think of that, that's actually the opposite of arrogance, right? We're coming in gentle. It's not like, I've got the answer and I'm going to tell you, get ready. It's like coming in with gentleness and respect because every human being is created in the image of God. Every human being. And one way to show respect is to listen to people. Everyone has a story to tell. People's stories are fascinating. I want to share a picture with you this morning. Just as recently, in the last month or so, I had an opportunity to visit East Asia with a small team from our church here. And we were visiting some of our global workers there who are, are in an area where it's, it's, it's difficult. You wouldn't gather like this in our setting. It's difficult. But what, what, what we did was we uh, went and we visited out in the, a rural area, the lady in the pink and her husband, we were at her farm. We spent the majority of the day with them. The majority of the, they butchered an animal for us. They cooked for us two meals. And we, we spent the majority of the day, we walked to their farm. We talked, we shared, we shared, you know, it's, it's so interesting. We were in that little, I think it's called a gerrit, but um, she had an iPhone, <laughs> I had an iPhone. We shared pictures together. I just happened to have a picture of my grandson, Tate. Just happened to be on my phone, so I showed her that. You know, we shared. We talked. We were together. And so Marianne and Amber and I had this great visit with this woman. When it came to the end of the day, and we'd spend a long time there, she said to us, I can tell you're good people. She said, sometimes people come here to my place and they don't respect our home or where we live, but I can tell you're good people. And something, I was thinking, we can't, we can't just be good people. And Amber had the answer. And she said, we're Christians. We believe in Jesus. And she smiled at us and she said, she was Buddhist. But she wanted relationship with us because we had had, we'd listened, we'd talked, we'd share. So we need to pray for Amber and Jason in those settings that, that those doors would be open and that relationship would grow and continue. Always be prepared to give an answer. And then you might say, but what if the questions are really hard? You know, I, I work with kids and man, they can come up with good questions. They can be really hard questions. But you know what? Listening is part of that. Listening and saying, this is my answer when a child comes up with a really good question. I say, that's a really good question. 
you know what? They're thrilled. I said, they're th-. and then I, you know, I don't necessarily, some of the answers aren't easy to give right there, but work out some answers. Say, that's a really good question. Figure it out together. However, we know if you have Jesus, that Jesus is an answer and can provide a lot of answers to really good questions, really hard questions. Only he can fill that void and that purpose in our life and therefore the, the life of others that we're talking with. John 1, 40 to 42. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. What was the first thing Andrew did? He got his brother and said, you just have to come and see. You got to come and see him. We found him. It's Jesus. I would guess that if we think about it, and if we all think about it right now in our minds, at one time, someone said to you, come and see. Maybe you can think back to that time. Maybe it was when you were young. Maybe it was last week, and you're here for the first time. I say, welcome here. I'm glad someone said, come and see. Maybe they said, this is how I was. Then I met Jesus. And this is how I am now and how I continue to grow and be transformed. Maybe this morning you have an insensitivity story. And someone shared something that wasn't very sensitive to what was going on in your life. And I say, you know what? Thank you for rising above that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for extending grace and forgiving and still keeping on, keeping on. We need to listen to each other. And if we know Jesus with gentleness and respect, we need to share the hope that we have in Christ. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, I hope you ask lots of questions. And I want to tell you that he loves you. And he does have a plan for your life. Ask questions. We want to hear your story. Here's the part that absolutely pumps me up because it can feel heavy and it can feel like this is what we got to do. But here's the part that gives me hope and should give you hope too. In Revelations 12, 11, it says, The enemy was defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Something happens in the spiritual realm when we speak the word of our testimony. It says the enemy is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Isn't that exciting when we share them? When we proclaim who Jesus is and what he has done? Something happens. I love that hope. I depend on that hope. I only stand up here because of that hope. If I was standing up here saying, I've got a lot to share with you from my wisdom, I, we would all be hooped. But because I'm saying Jesus has a message and I'm praying that God has a message and through the power of his Holy Spirit, he's speaking to you individually, then there's hope in there that there's power. Thessalonians 1.5 says, Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. In saying all of this, I know it's not easy sometimes to keep on keeping on. I want to share a story that Nicky Gumbel shared in one of his Alpha sessions. It's this story. It was a story of a man shot in World War II, and he was dying in the trenches. 
And another one of his um, teammates came to him and said, what, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And he said, you can't really do anything for me. I, I, I'm dying. I know I'm dying. But would you take a message to someone? So he said, yeah, I'll take a message. Will you take a message to someone and will you tell him what he taught me as a child is helping me to die now? It turned out when he took that message to this person, it was his Sunday school teacher. And when he said this message to the Sunday school teacher, the Sunday school teacher said, God, forgive me. And when I was reading that, I was going, what? God, forgive me. He said, God, forgive me because he said, I gave up. Maybe I really like this story because it has to do with children. But he said, God, I, I gave up. I gave up teaching Sunday school years ago because I thought I wasn't making a difference and it didn't matter. It had no effect. We can all relate, right? We can relate to that. We say things, we do things, nothing happens. We're saying, really? Is it, did I, was I wrong in that? Did I do that wrong? Nothing happens. I want to tell you a quick story from my life. I speak, spoke at Dallas Valley Ranch Camp 17 years ago. 17 years ago, and then was invited back, and, and so probably about five years later, I was speaking again, or maybe even more than that. And as I was sharing, one of the leaders came up to me. She was a camp leader, and she said, it was you. It was you. When I hear you saying that, it was you. And I said, what, what, what was me? She'd been a camper. And during the time that I was at camp, she said, it was when you were speaking, I, I, I became a believer. It's changed my life, and now I'm here serving at camp. It was such a deep encouragement for me. And so I said to her, will you write that down in my Bible? Would you write that down? And so she wrote it. She wrote it in my Bible. And when sometimes I wonder, does it matter? Is anything making a difference? I read this because it's encouraging. I was sitting in the pew while you were talking, and I became a Christian. We have to realize it does matter, and sometimes we get to see it, sometimes we don't. So when you ask yourself the question, does it matter? I said, it mattered to this person. It mattered to Katie. We need to keep on keeping on. As I was preparing for this and I got to this part of my message, over the last couple weeks, every time I got here, I got to tell you, I got this lump in my throat. Here it comes again, a lump in my throat. Because I really felt like God was saying, I want you to tell them something. I want you to tell them something when it comes to not... To, to telling the hope that you have and sharing. I want you to tell them, don't give up. And every time I got here, the lump came and actually tears came. So I know that someone this morning needs to hear this message. Maybe you need to hear that God loves you and he's not giving up on you. Or maybe it's a relationship thing and something's not going good, and you don't know how it's going to possibly be restored, I want to say, don't give up. Or maybe it's a health thing, and you think, I don't know how I'm going to go through this. I want to say, don't give up. Or maybe it's a child that's made some choices, and they're on a path that's not good. I want to say, don't give up. Maybe it's a loss of a loved one, and you're thinking, I don't know how I can carry on. Don't give up. Or financial things going on. Don't give up. What does this have to do 
with why and how we should tell others. You might be asking that, what, what, what does this don't give up? What does it have to do with that? This is what it has to do with that. Because if you aren't, aren't experiencing those things that I just mentioned right now, someone in your life is. Someone in this room is. And they need to hear you. You need to tell them. And if you are experiencing those things and Jesus is helping you, someone around you needs to hear that. They need that hope. And you need to tell them. And if you aren't experiencing that because you don't know Jesus, I want to tell you this morning, he loves you. He is that hope. So when the fear comes, we need to pray for boldness. But not boldness just to yell out out of fear that Jesus is the answer, not to yell with insensitivity. But we need the boldness to love people, to listen to their stories, and to tell them what Jesus has done with gentleness and respect. And trust the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. Our God is a God that can move mountains. He is mighty to save. He's in this. His power is behind your efforts. It's in your efforts. It's the reason for your efforts. He rose and conquered the grave. Romans 8.11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. You know, when I'm at a service like this, and if the Lord's speaking to me, sometimes my heart pounds, so that might be happening for you. And I would just say, open your hearts and minds to what he wants to share with you and tell you this morning and encourage you with. Because the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is in you. It's in us. We're not all called to be evangelists. We don't all have the gift of evangelism, but we are all called to be witnesses. We are all, if we have Jesus, we are salt and light. And what if you are that one for someone? What if you are the one that can make a difference for one? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you that we sense your presence here. I thank you, Lord, that you are speaking, that you are working. And Lord, I thank you that um, you have things you want to tell each one of us. So I ask now, Lord, that the messages and the things that we're hearing from you, Lord, may, may we be obedient to that, to respond to you in the way that you want us to respond. And Lord, may we be the salt and light, and may we tell others with gentleness and respect what you've done in our life. And then, Lord, fully trust the work of your Holy Spirit as we do that. We love you, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen.